Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome to the Train Happy Podcast with me, Tally Rye. This is the podcast that helps you have a feel-good relationship with fitness, food, and body image. Today, we are talking to Georgie Swallow. Georgie is a body confidence advocate who's really gone through the ringer. She has survived having blood cancer twice, and that has given her such an incredible perspective on body image and how she just thinks about life and you know we had a really open and honest conversation I do want to preface this chat today by saying if talking about the topic of cancer we talk about menopause and infertility if those are things you don't want to listen to today I totally get it this podcast might not be the one for you but before we get into that it is time to hear from this week's train happy trooper of the week guys it's me I'm the train happy trooper of the week because I had such a lovely train happy moment that I wanted to share with you that I decided to make myself train happy trooper of the week. So I need to update you that on Friday I had my first ever tennis lesson and I've been wanting to do it. It's for forever. If you know anything about me, if you've listened to this podcast, if you follow me online, you know I'm a huge tennis fan. I've watched the game for so long. But And for my 30th birthday, Jack gifted me tennis lessons. I'm now 32. We're finally in a place, in a location. We now live in a location where we can get tennis lessons because central London, it was really tricky to find lessons that were easy to get to. But we found some. I had my first lesson on Friday. It was so great. I've never been so happy doing any kind of sport. I wouldn't consider myself a sporty person, but I loved it. We did forehand we did backhands we did serves my arm my right arm absolutely killed me from gripping the racket but I left beaming I was just in my element and I'm so excited to continue with more lessons my plan is to my plan is to get good during the winter and then by the time the summer comes I can really play with people and you know actually have some real fun with it so I wanted to share that train happy moment because I've tried something new. I put myself out there in something that I knew that I loved watching, but I didn't know if I'd be any good at it. And to be honest, I don't think I am any good at it yet, but that's fine. That's okay. I'm having no expectations on myself and just having fun, giving something a go. So if you have a new uh, form of movement, you want to give a, you know, give a go, try a new hobby. A big factor of us doing this as well is to kind of meet people in our you know new community that we've moved to and like really connect with people and be part of something then go and do it I just really want to encourage you to do that so that was my train happy moment of the week if you have a train happy moment you want to share please get in touch with us send us a voice note send us a text to our whatsapp 
you can get in touch on 75 If you're international, put a plus four four in front of that. And we would love, love, love to hear from you. Of course, don't forget to follow us on our Instagram at Train Happy Podcast. You can send us some messages on there too. We love to hear from you as well. And let us know what you think of today's episode. All right, enough from me. It's time for the lovely Georgie Swallow. So I love your work around body image. I think you have a really unique perspective with everything you've been through, which we will kind of get into. Um, But yeah, I want to know first, because I've seen you talk about it online, like how was your body image growing up? Honestly, I was trying to think of another way of putting this than simply terrible. I grew up struggling with the way I looked. I grew up constantly comparing myself. I felt uncomfortable in everything that I wore. And I don't know really what that pivotal point was that made me really insecure, but I grew up hiding my body, you know? You know when you stand there and you're in that really pretty dress that you've always wanted to wear and you've got your hands around your stomach Mm. and your shoulders hunched? That was me growing up, always have been. Just the whole not being able to hold yourself with any pride. Yeah, exactly. And I think it's a form of like how you see your worth. And when you're younger, you can't really compute that or understand why, like what that feeling is. But looking back, I just know I just didn't feel like I was worthy of wearing something or worthy of being in the group with someone else. And like, it was just, I always just felt like I was a little bit on the outside because of my confidence. And you think that your confidence was most impacted by your body image? Oh, 100%. Yeah, because I've always been very friendly. I'll always be the first person to go, you know, when you're younger, you go make new friends or, hey, can I play with you? I was always that 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 child. But the one thing that held me back was, was how I felt in my body. Yeah, it's so interesting, isn't it? How the way the body image impacts our self-esteem and can kind of stop us doing certain things or like stop us yeah. having full experiences, wearing the clothes we want to wear, doing the things we want to do like especially as a teenager exactly that's so true and I'll I'll always remember I had this friend and their family had a pool and it was like the place to hang out and all all the teenage I say parties quite loosely I mean we thought they Gatherings. were <laughs> um, <laughs> were around there and I never went in the pool I sat on the side I had my legs dangling in and there was always an excuse as to not get in always because I didn't want to put my swimmers on and I just think like I look back now and see how many like parts of my life I missed out on because I let the way I feel in my body get in the way when I really didn't like no one needs to do that but it took getting cancer to learn that whereas as a kid there were so many things that I missed out on because I was too afraid of how I looked Do you feel like, obviously you've had the experience of going through a cancer diagnosis and treatment and kind of coming out the other side. Is there a part of you that just wants to go like, I don't want anyone to have to go through this to get that perspective on body image and to realize that they have to literally go through hell to find out that they shouldn't be missing out on life? Oh my God, 100%. And it's... It's funny because I know the moment that I realized I didn't want to be like that was because I went through cancer, but it shouldn't take that for people to feel that way. I think it's so important. And I think this is why social media is so good right now. Yes, it has its downfalls, but I feel like in the last couple of years, 
it's become a place where people can really accept who they are and we're seeing different different types of people we're seeing different ranges of body sizes and and hopefully that's going to be what helps people without some drastic life change but i think i mean in all honesty i think a lot of us felt it with covid as well we were all stuck in our houses for so long that when we came out a lot of us just went I don't want to miss out on life. And I think that's what you do when you grow up and you feel insecure in your body, you're insecure about something in yourself. You're missing out on life. And it sometimes takes that little reminder, hopefully something a little smaller than cancer. Yeah, hopefully. I I really don't want anyone else to have to go through that. No, that's definitely not the route we want. But I think it sometimes takes like a little reminder for you to go, I don't want, I don't want to miss out. And and hopefully we can take our experience of the last few years of of pushing things back, missing out on, you know, holidays that you've booked or your birthday, seeing your parents or hugging your grandparents and going, I don't want to miss those moments. And I don't want anything. I essentially don't want my head holding me back because it's not other people holding you back. Sadly, it is our heads. Mm. And we, we've just conditioned ourselves to think that we, we can't do certain things because of the way we look, but you can do everything. Yeah. And you know, it's, it's a tough one, isn't it? Because I think it feels so conditioned mm-hmm. to feel like only certain people are deserving and worthy of jumping in the pool and, oh my God, yeah. you know, being carefree on the beach and all those kinds of things. And sadly, we're conditioned that way because there is a societal stigma around weight and fatness mm-hmm. and bodies and what is acceptable, what isn't acceptable. And oh, it just starts from so young. And yet, if we can challenge that, you know, anti-fatness, that Mm -hmm. stigma, you know, challenge it when we see it around other people and make more people feel just at ease in those situations, whether it be through kind of sticking up for people in conversations or, you know, if someone's making a comment about someone's body, kind of countering that in some way. I think it just teaches, especially like, other teenagers now and other kind of young people growing up like oh you don't have to a this isn't cool and b actually i'm allowed to exist just as i am and i am worthy just as i am and i don't have to change myself to fit this mold i think that's so true and i mean it just made me think of i mean when i was a kid and you watch the films and it's still like this and obviously in a lot of films but it was the the cool girls were the slimmer the societally called like prettier girls and anyone who didn't fit that mold was instantly not worthy or not Mm. good enough or not cool. And if you didn't associate yourself with, you know, the cool girl vibe, that instantly made you on the outsides. And I think if you grow up and you see that constantly, I mean, it's, it's the complete and utter like lack of representation of all different body types and all different people in all forms of media and even like cartoons and kids films and TV shows and magazines and films. Like it's all these things that when you grow up, you just, if you don't see someone who looks like you, mm. you just don't feel good enough. And for me is, I mean, I did see people like me, but I was just not quite in that you know you've got to be long hair six pack perky butt I was I was about to say a perky butt and I thought can I say perky butt how old are you (laughs) 30 yeah so we grew up in the age of I mean we grew up in the age of like size zero and all of that stuff I mean who could relate to that no and that's the thing is it's so unrelatable and it's also so unachievable especially in a healthy way people don't look like that and I know like the topic of health is 
is huge because, I mean, I'm sure you've seen this on social media and it's people in bigger sized bodies are being called unhealthy. And I'm like, this is the most load of baloney I've ever heard because I'm pretty sure you can't determine that from what you see. Mm. But we think, well, they're really, really slim or they're really skinny. That means you're really healthy. And sadly, that isn't always the case. And you're, you grow up and led to believe that health means thin and it doesn't like health is looking after you and if we were all taught that maybe growing up we'd all accept how we looked and we would treat our bodies with a bit of kindness well i wanted to ask you obviously you've mentioned your cancer diagnosis and i've kind of seen you touch on this online a bit about how when you did get sick you lose weight through that process Mm -hmm. and i just wondered if people ever did compliment you oh yeah and go like wow you look great you know and you're like guys, I've got cancer. That is not how this, like, do you know what I mean? The kind of dissonance of like, Like thinness equals health. And yet here you are with a cancer diagnosis, feeling like the least healthy you've ever felt. Just, it's just wild. It's mind boggling. Like it's, I'll never forget. I think it was one of the first outings I had when I was, when I had cancer the first time and I'd lost loads of weight. And it was a friend's wedding and someone said to me, oh my God, at least, wait, what was it? Silver lining, oh, at least you've lost some weight. And you know, and the sad thing is, is my reaction then wasn't shock. It wasn't sadness. It was, oh my God, thanks. This is brilliant. Like I didn't see what she was saying as bad. And it's only coming out the back of it and obviously delving into a lot of help for myself in this like aspect but I sat there and was like oh what a compliment I've lost weight without realizing I had stage four cancer that was trying to kill me and going through chemotherapy that was literally killing every like little tiny part of my system I went oh least I've lost weight and it's awful because you just think that's not that's not normal but it is it's normal like any form of complimenting weight loss you go oh that's great and it's only through really like delving into this for myself now the last couple of years that I've realized that that was just a complete wrong reaction. And it's moments like that when you have the power to say, I appreciate you trying to find a silver lining, but my weight loss isn't one. And yeah, I mean, I grew up, I can't tell you the amount of times I wished I got sick. And I didn't necessarily wish I had cancer, but I wish I'd get a tummy bug or some virus or something where I lost lots of weight because then I'd go, oh, well, I can just start from slim and I'll be slim. But then that did happen and it was the worst time of my life. I mean, obviously being ill is never going to be pleasant for anyone, but getting cancer was the worst part of my life. Like I'm fighting to survive and losing weight in the process. And that wasn't good. So when that actually happened, I was like, oh, so it turns out your health is a little bit more important than losing weight. But it shows how deeply ingrained fat phobia Mm -hmm. and anti-fatness is that the first compliment people can think of is like, oh my goodness, you've lost weight. That can only be a good thing. When we know with cancer in particular, extreme weight loss can actually be one of the big symptoms to go, oh, there's something not right here and you need to go get checked out. Because we associate it so much with like a a positive outcome and that your health must be improving. That that is not always the case. And that for people 
for people to a think it's okay to say that did that person know you had ca- a cancer diagnosis at that point yeah yeah. Oh God! Yeah, it was. Oh God, it gets. It, it was literally. <laughs> oh, I, I, sorry, it's not funny, but it's no, also but it like is. you if have you to don't laugh, laugh, you cry. Exactly, but it really was. It was you know one of the first outings and it was always really nice don't get me wrong you know you've lost your hair you look like a little bit of a boiled egg let's be honest someone's complimenting you I, I i took it and i ran and looking back i'm like how can you say that to anyone and i know there's you know a lot of people say things because they think they're trying to be nice oh, i'm sure it was said with good intentions i'm like, sure but mm. <laughs> <laughs> like, like you know when you sit back now and you like bite your lip and you think what was going on like how is that ever okay but we've like this is it you know when you see someone i don't know you haven't seen them in a while they've lost weight oh you look great you look so Mm. good have you lost weight and you have no idea what's going on behind closed doors you don't know one if it was intentional if it was because they're unwell because they're stressed they've got mental health problems they're having a tough time or maybe maybe they are wanting to lose weight but they're doing it because they're so insecure in their body and you complimenting that is just going to add to the pressure that they need to carry on losing weight. Like, we don't say that for anything else. You don't look at someone like, and this is what I don't like, is that you wouldn't look at someone else and go, oh, you've put on weight, you look great. Why is that, like, why is one okay and one isn't? I just think don't comment on anyone's body. You it's never your business. Know, and you never know what's going on. You never and I know. think it's just one of those things. I think one, firstly, never comment on anyone's body. And the second one is mm-hmm. never, um, comment if you think someone's pregnant or not because <gasps> oh you never God, know yeah. and they're the two things i think especially as i've got older and i think when you're younger so how old were you when you were initially sick 26 26 yeah. so still quite young yes and still you know at that age where we're kind of i feel like through your 20s so many of us have this kind of realization of like wait a second like this whole diet culture conditioning that I've just been this kind of sea I've been swimming in my whole life and Mm. you just kind of realize it and that's a whole thing and then to throw in that into the mix as well is like it's a lot I'm sure gives you a whole lot of more perspective on stuff but also that other part of you know people making comments going like oh are you pregnant or blah 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 and just you just don't like just don't comment people's bodies bodies. like that's it isn't it it's the main takeaway is just let's just not comment on people's bodies full stop but that and like you said like for me having cancer gave me a lot of perspective on things that I think a lot of people in my friendship group and things like that didn't have Mm. but it just really clued me in and I think these sort of conversations are so important because pre getting sick, I would ask someone, oh, so are you, are you planning on having a baby? Or I don't know, someone's just married. Oh, babies are next. Mm. Like I was that person. I didn't think anything about it. Same, I, I have done that. You know, yeah. I have definitely done that in the past. And it's, and now, cause so I'm infertile now because of the treatment that I had. And it's only through going that and having people say to me, you know, I mean, I've been with my boyfriend nearly five years and it's, oh, so do you think you're going to have kids or would you like to have kids? And it's only from being asked those sort of things that I sit there and I'm like, no, this is horrible. Like you mm. can't ask these things because you don't mm. know what that person's going through. And that person isn't going to turn around and go, oh, by the way, we have fertility issues. So don't ask us that because people don't do that. I mean, that's private information. Mm. And sure, if people want to share it, cool. But but it's also draining to like have to go into. And also, you don't want to make the other person feel uncomfortable, no. really. But I mean, there have been times where I may have, I may have 
wanted to make the person feel a little bit uncomfortable. <laughs> well, uh, the only way I can relate to this is when my dad passed away when we were a teenager. And sometimes people would just ask questions about our dad and we'd be like, he's dead. Just as like for us as children, we were like, the dark humor's getting us through this, but just to make them squirm is actually the best outcome for this because this yeah. is annoying or I don't want to have this conversation. Oh, and Exactly. And I do think when you go through some form of trauma, whether it's like grief or or illness or divorce or things like this, I think a lot of people do develop that dark humor that only people who have been through something <laughs> like that get it. Yeah. But it's, it's I, don't, I wouldn't even say it was a coping mechanism. It's sometimes just a fun direct response that I think people need to hear sometimes because it'll give them a shock to not do it again. Totally, <laughs> totally. So if you don't mind me asking, yeah, you were 26 when you first got yes. diagnosed. Um, what were your symptoms? How did you come to get diagnosed? So initially, the first one that I really remember is, or like the symptom that took me to the doctor was I had really itchy legs. And it was it was like, I don't know, I had fleas on my legs that never left. It was, I'd itch my legs until they were raw. And I went to the doctor, God, so often at first it was stress or urticaria or hives or allergies. And I tried everything. I changed my diet. I changed what we, or I lived at home at the time. You know, my mum changed the laundry detergent. We did everything and nothing, nothing disappeared. And then I think for a period, well, this was, well, probably for about a year, I had the really, really itchy legs and I was getting recurrent cold and flus. Like I was always sick. And my mom was like, you're such a sickly child. And I was like, no, I'm not. I'm fine, mom. Like, what do you mean? I'm just going out a lot. I was getting tired so easily and I was losing weight, but I didn't think anything of it because, and this is something that I don't think I've admitted in a very long time. When I was losing weight, you could get these little sachets that you put in a glass of water and they were meant to help you lose weight. I was taking them religiously, losing loads of weight, telling everyone, guys, I found this new diet product. I'm taking it. I'm loving it because I, you name it, you name a diet product or company. I've tried it. Like I've tried them all. And I was doing this one and I was saying, right, this is brilliant. And so when I went to the doctor, because I went into the office and I found a lump in the side of my neck. And he said, he was like, right, have you been having, you know, cold and flus? I was like, yes, I have. He was like, have you been losing weight? And I was like, yeah, but I'm intentionally trying. And he asked me about it. And he was like, that's not, that's not why you're losing weight. And I was like, please, I've just spent a fortune on this. Yes, it is working. <laughs> um, but yeah, so the doctor was brilliant. He went through all the symptoms and said, look, I'm sure it's nothing, but let's just get you checked out. And, and it was only because I found that lump was why the doctor then sort of asked more questions. Because when I was going in just for my itchy legs, I mean, of course you're not going to say, oh, probably cancer. You just think it's itchy, but it's knowing, I think this is the really important thing about cancers is knowing the symptoms so that if you're experiencing a couple of them, you go, oh, light bulb moment. I'm just going to go get myself checked. So super important to like have a little, have a little look at them and know you're normal, know your body and get checked if anything's a little suspicious, like really itchy legs. <laughs> this is why I wanted to ask as well, because raising awareness is so important. Because mm. like you said, it's those smaller signs that you don't necessarily think of yeah. that actually can be the red flags that you need to make sure you're advocating for yourself at the doctor as well and like exactly. getting the answers you need. Um, and so I presume you kind of went through treatment through that um, successfully. 
Yeah, so, well, f- well, it was successful the first time. So I did six months of chemotherapy and I was in remission for about four months, but then relapsed. Um, so the cancer had come back and I did more chemotherapy, stem cell transplant. And now, touch wood, three years later, we're good. <laughs> amazing, Thank amazing. Um, and I imagine it's a case of keeping an eye on things, keeping a check on your health but like so cool that yeah you're in such a much better place and I can just tell from just being with you that you're I don't know you're just thriving it's it's I do feel like I've changed a lot since having cancer and I don't know whether it's because you're thrown into what feels like a very adult situation you know when I was a kid I only ever saw people with cancer who were like my grandparents and I know, you know, 26, 27, 28 isn't exactly young, it but is I young. didn't feel like an adult. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if I, I do yet, but like, <laughs> um, and I think, yeah, I think going through something like that, it just makes you, and I don't, I definitely don't have it all together and I definitely still have, you know, bad days and everything, but I just feel like it, it teaches you a lot about yourself and who you are and who you can be and who you want to be. And on the days I feel strong enough to, I want to grab that and I want to thrive and I want to feel empowered to be whoever I want to be. And on the days that I'm not feeling as mentally strong, I just go, you know what, we'll just, we'll just coast a little bit. But it's, it's definitely given me a much different perspective on who I am. And I do think, I don't like to credit cancer for much, mm. but I do think the experience changed me for the better. I think it's changed the way... I look at my own body and accept my body and want to look after my body. But I also think it's changed my perspective on the world and other people, which I think is really important. Yeah, I'm, I can't imagine at all. But I think going, like you say, going through a traumatic event in your life, whether it be a loss or your health, it does. And I, I think I've used this phrase before, but I read a really um, interesting book on grief. And I think there's a grief in being unwell and kind of a loss of that time in your life and yeah. you know I imagine with fertility like that's a grief that yeah. you hold and it's called option b and one of the things they talk about in the book is like the idea of post-traumatic growth and what you can as as literally traumatic these things are what you can do with that sometimes and how that can lead you down a path of wanting others to be more aware of their symptoms but also what I think you're doing so beautifully online now is doing all the work that you probably wish your teenage self had seen in terms of when it comes to body image and and kind of seizing life and not saying no to all those things because I imagine when you were at your sickest going like I wish I jumped in that pool I wish I had gone and done those things I wish I wore the bikini I wish I had done that you know and that's it I mean I've spent my entire life going I wish I'd just done that I wish I'd done this and I don't want to do that anymore and I don't want anyone else to feel the way that I did in my body and even if I can just help like a tiny little corner of the internet because obviously I'm not going to be able to help people in different body shapes than me or different life experiences than me but if I can just be like a little corner of the internet where people can see it and go you know what I don't have to hate my body today I can accept it and I can say yes to doing things and not let it hold me back because I've let it hold me back a million and one times and I don't want I personally don't want to live a life of like what ifs and I wish I'd done that and why Mm. didn't I do this and if only 
I'd accepted myself for who I was then, but I don't want anyone like, don't ever let your body hold you back ever because it shouldn't. If you want to go swimming, go swimming. Because the thing is, and I also think with when it comes to body stuff and getting in your swimmers and you're out, out in public, everyone's worried about themselves. No one's looking at other people going, oh, look at that person. Everyone's sitting there and it doesn't matter how confident you are. Everyone, the minute you take off that, you know, your top, you have a split second of, oh, oh, is this, is this like, are people looking at me? No one's looking. Everyone's more concerned about themselves. So when you get out there, no one is looking at, I don't know, the dimples on your legs or the rolls on your belly or the softness. Like no one is looking at that because it's just a body and it's your vessel for you to go and enjoy life and to go and have fun. So don't let it stop you. Mm, Which is easier said than done. (laughs) Easier said than done. But um, one of my clients who may be listening to this podcast had a big moment this week when they went on their first ever their first trip to the pool in a very long time and the big fear understandably was being in a swimsuit and kind of being in public and all of that um and i think she did it really well she chose an off-peak time she chose a time when we we kind of thought there might be you know uh, you know maybe like other like mums and children or mm-hmm. older people yeah. and kind of leisurely swimming and stuff. And you know what? It was one of those things where I don't think it was half as bad as she ever may have anticipated in her mind. She went and did the swim and really enjoyed it. And you know what? We'll take a huge win there because, you know, we had a previous guest on here called Bethany Rutter and I really recommend her episode to people listening if they haven't already, especially if you're plus size and especially if you feel like you've got so much fear around going to do things like swimming or yeah. like going to a class or anything like that because she, her whole thing was just like, who cares? Just go and do it. Yeah. Um, because I think so often we get in our head like this is the worst that could happen and absolute, and, I, and it's not to say that those things don't happen. I don't like to say, I don't like to kind of gaslight people into the thinking like, oh, it is all in my head. I'm like, it's not. It's because not. Especially if you're in a larger body, you do have shit experiences yeah. and you do, there are judgmental, fat phobic people and the, those experiences are real. However, also it might not be that bad. Yeah. And we only ever know by kind of taking that risk. By having a go and just, doing it and that's I mean I live in my head I'm the biggest warrior I am a negative Nelly up there and I let that happen I have this like negative spiral of oh well if I want to do this but then I want to wear the bikini and then someone looks at me and then I feel really awkward or what if I do and I'll let I'll let that stop me doing everything and sometimes the hardest bit I mean, always the hardest bit is doing it or getting there or getting in the pool. But then once you're there and the actual fun of what you're doing takes over, that's the memory you keep. Yeah. You don't remember the initial five minutes of fear. You you look back and go, oh, I had such a nice swim that day with my friend in the sea. It was freezing cold. You don't think of the fear running up to it. Like you hold the memory, not the fear. And I think if you can just get yourself to that point, then hopefully you'll make the memory rather than the regret. Because the fear is the hurt. The fear is the hurdle, mm-hmm. but it's not a wall. Yeah, you can get over it. Yeah, and that. It, but the fear doesn't get taken away. Like no. once you, you know, you got to go over the hurdle. But the fear is there. I mean, I sit here and I'm like, you know, don't let things hold you back. 
I'm I'm still very self-conscious in my body. I I try not to think of myself as having a bad body anymore and I accept it for what it is and and I try and instead of being like I love my body all the time because I think even if you're super confident I don't think everyone loves their body 24/7. I think I'd love it if that was the case but I'm not sure if that's if that's possible. Is it possible to love our bodies 24/7? Probably not. I would say not. I think there's a neutrality there. That That's it, the neutrality of, and the acceptance of... Yeah, kind of just, just goes like, do you know what? I'm going to ride this wave because there's going to be peaks and there's going to be lows. I have a strong self-worth and I am who I am regardless of if I like what I see in the mirror today because actually that is the least interesting thing about me. Mum's the Word is a brand new parenting podcast hosted by me, Ashley James. Pregnancy, piles, and all the other problems that come with parenting, I'm not going to sugarcoat anything. Join me each week on my journey through motherhood as we celebrate the amazing highs as well as the lows. As it's my first time, we'll have celebrities, experts, and hopefully you guys too who will help me figure out what the hell I'm supposed to be doing. Find us wherever you got this podcast. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. And this was something I learned when I was sick. When I'd lost my hair, my brows, my everything, you know, I'd lost a lot of weight. I looked in the mirror and I didn't recognize the person looking back at me. Like that was an absolute stranger in that mirror. And it was in those sort of moments that I realized that we aren't what we look like. I'd always associate myself. So I, I've always grown up with like very long blonde hair. And and I'll always remember, you know, old Georgie, the one with the like the long blonde hair. Like that was like my my thing like that was just who I've always been since I was a kid and when you lose all that you lose what you think your identity is and you've and you've got to then learn that your identity comes from like inside you and the things that you love and the kindness that you share with other people and your passions and your strengths and and all these different things and it hasn't actually got anything to do with what you look like and we grow up in a society that teaches you what you look like is your worth which sadly is utter baloney, but it's retraining your mind to go, actually, what I look like isn't where my worth is held. It's the things I want to do and who I am as a person. And so if I can take away that aspect of thinking how I look matters, I mean, that's always going to be there. But if I can just scoot that to the side a little bit and not let it hold me back, and if there's something I want to do, I'm just going to do it. Because you've had it all taken away from you in that sense. Like you've had that part of your identity taken away from you. Because yeah. I imagine it, it is like that really. Um, and I suppose as you've got that part of your identity back, because I imagine like with the recovery phase, with I'm presuming a weight gain, yeah. the hair regrowth, all of these things, it's like, oh, there's me. And I... I have changed as a person inside yeah. and this is new me. Like how's exactly. that been? Like 
rediscovering that part of your identity and rediscovering you I think like I hate to use this word but it's a journey it is <laughs> a journey a definite Look, journey but I'm I, not afraid to drop the j word I, I I I feel like I have to like pretense it with I I hate to say it. I love oh, I had a cancer journey you I've, did I've had a journey <laughs> You have. Um, A rocky journey. It's been an interesting (laughs) journey. Um, It's only actually now that I'm starting to see me in the mirror again. You know, my hair's grown out a bit. and But when it was shorter and when... And my body's changed and all these sort of different things. I still didn't really figure out. And I kept going, I really just want to be old Georgie again. I want to be pre-cancer Georgie again. And it's taken the last couple of years for me to go, I don't... Like, I'm so much... I'm so different to the person I was pre-cancer and that's a good thing. Like I can still hold on to the things that I liked about me before, but look at all this other stuff that I've learned and grown with and it hasn't really come with my looks. If anything, it's been like in contrast to that because my body has changed. I've got more scars than I've ever had before and, you know, I'm going through the menopause. So I've got like my hair's about half the density that it was my like where my body holds weight or how easy it is to put on weight. Like all these different things have changed. And it's it's weird because I want to I want to accept myself in spite of those things, because I think we grow up and we're taught that all these things when your body changes are so bad. And it's this inbuilt belief that when you go through changes, which are completely natural and normal, like, okay. I may be a little bit pre-normal for the age that I'm going through the menopause, but it is natural. Like what's happening is natural. And we'll we, all get there eventually. Exactly. And we've grown to like fear these things and fear weight gain and fear all this. It was like, um, I don't know if you've heard the clips from Emma Thompson. She's mm. done a lot of like press interviews about bodies and and she's, and she, in one, she was saying, you know, like we're taught to fear our bodies and not accept it. So, you know, when you stand in front of the mirror, we all hate it because we're taught that, but we shouldn't be. And I think it's so important that we, we you know, adapt our way of thinking where we can to realize you're so much more than like your body. Um, so yeah. I think that is a, like I said, a huge perspective shift. And, you know, we've, I mean, we've kind of touched a bit on menopause on here, on this podcast before, mm. but especially for, those who will go through it listening you know like I said we are gonna get there one day what are the like the symptoms for you so for me personally it's things like hair thinning trouble sleeping hot flushes they're a treat um really sore joints which I didn't realize had anything to do with menopause until I started looking into it. Um, there's things, I mean, there's so many different ones. Uh, headaches, I get quite bad headaches. Anxiety now is through the roof. I've always struggled with my mental health, but anxiety was never really one of them. And now I am an anxious ball of nerves, but I, I, I can understand where it comes from now, which helps me like compute it a little bit better. Um, and obviously one of being in the menopause is is my fertility's gone so they're the the main ones i reckon for me mm. but i think there'll be a lot of people who may be in the menopause themselves and going through it as well being like yeah that's that one yeah yeah, yeah. that's me <laughs> and i think there's this whole i mean that's a whole other separate conversation around you know women are seen as hysterical and over emotional and, and, and they're suddenly you- really angry or da 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 and it's like we are so like 
the the hormone changes is, in our body is are wild immense like the changes that a, a a woman's body goes through i mean it's incredible but it's really challenging so when you're going into the menopause and you've maybe like you've registered that it's happening and you've got people around you saying oh you know you're being hysterical or or you're making a scene all this stuff because your anxiety's gone crazy like you don't have to start you can say no this is actually a menopausal symptom which is something that is really life like life changing i mean i was sitting in the car the other day with my other half and I couldn't decide if I wanted to go to one town or another town, equal distance, probably the same amount of stuff there. And bear in mind, we're on the journey and I'm at the crossroad. And my anxiety got so crazy that I started crying. I was like, I don't know what to do or where to go. I had to pull in and Carl was like, are you okay? I was like, I don't think I am. But I had to talk about it and I had to say, I'm really struggling with these things so that people around you can understand and also help. And I also think if you are going through the menopause, I'm, I'm no pro, but maybe see if you can get down to the GP. See if you're, depending on your health, you're allowed to take HRT or different hormones because I, they help. They really help if you're able to take them. So I still take the contraceptive pill because it's got the right amount of estrogen for my age. And before I took that, I genuinely felt like I was losing the plot and I couldn't understand why. And it was only through going to the doctor and luckily going to therapy that I understood it was the menopause. It can really mess with you, but you, you're you not going through it alone and there is help that you mm. can find. <laughs> I'm glad, I'm so glad you've got that. And like I said, you've been able to find that and you've kind of found a bit more of an equilibrium yeah. in yourself um, because it is... Like I said, it's a roller coaster, a hormonal roller coaster. It's mad. And I think women just have such a roller coaster of hormones, whether it's, you know, obviously through puberty or if you get pregnant and having, once you've had your baby going through menopause, like our bodies are incredible, but they are chaotic. Yes. And I think it's just knowing that like whatever you're going through, someone else is also going through it. Mm. If you think that you're the only person in the world with this and everyone thinks you're crazy and everyone thinks you're doing something wrong, you're not. So, I mean, millions of other women in the world are going through what you are. And I think it's just finding, finding like communities that will help you with whatever part of your life that you're finding challenging. If it's cancer, if it's menopause, if it's infertility. And I think a lot of that is obviously on social media, but it's finding pockets of communities that help you feel less isolated and will give you the advice for the things that you need. Because I swear without, without Instagram, I would be lost. If I ever have an issue, I just find I just find my humans with the same issue. It's brilliant. Well, I was <laughs> going to say this. I imagine that there's probably you've been able to connect with people, whether it be through a cancer diagnosis at your age and other people going through a similar thing. Yeah. Um, and also connecting with people, like I said, I'm sure there's other people you found they're like same age as you going through menopause yeah. as well. Um, it must be kind of really reassuring and. Yeah, I feel I think there's so much power in knowing you're not alone. Exactly. And when I I mean when I was first diagnosed, I thought I was the only 20 something year old on the planet with cancer because I didn't know anyone else my age who'd ever had cancer. And the first thing I did when I found out that I was going to lose my hair because it all happened really quickly for me. I was diagnosed on a Thursday in for chemo on the Friday. It was wow. very very snappy. Um I was like, at what point do I shave my head? How do I tie a headscarf? What do I do about my... You're putting on foundation. How high up in your head do you put it? 
What's yeah. in a vault? How far up does it go? All these questions, I was lost. And I just went onto Instagram and I typed in um, like young adult lymphoma. So I had a blood cancer called lymphoma or um, cancer hair lost or young adult with cancer. And, and I just found humans my age who were sharing their story. And I thought, ah, oh, this is brilliant. I'm not only finding so many helpful tips, but I don't feel like I'm alone. And that's really why I started sharing my story because I always thought, right, well, this will hopefully help myself and someone else. But you do, you find like communities of people who just, who help you feel not alone because it's not, I don't think in the grand scheme of things, it's quite common for a a 30 year old to be in the menopause, infertile, no kids, like who's had cancer. Like it's a very, it's a very niche market. (laughs) So trying to find those people in, in your normal everyday life is really challenging, but on somewhere like social media, there are platforms for people to share their stories, their experiences, what they find helps. And, and that's, that's where I find a lot of my comfort. And I hope that obviously other people can find it themselves. Do you get a lot of messages from people? Yeah, it's, I mean, I get a lot of messages from people, which is really sweet to say either like, thanks for sharing something or my favorite type of messages are because of something you've shared, it's made me go and get checked. And nine out of 10 times it's nothing, but it doesn't matter what it is. If you're talking about cancer or reminding someone to check their breasts or to check their poo, or if there's something not normal about their body to go and just get it checked is the biggest step forward in looking after your health and making it a priority. So messages like that make me very, very pleased. But yeah, I just think, I mean, I find a lot of comfort in people messaging me, sharing their experiences because it's nice to be able to like relate to people and have a connection with someone. And it doesn't matter how far I get away from cancer. It's going to be such a big part of my life. I think for the foreseeable, that it's nice to be able to make those connections with other people who either sometimes they just need a chat mm. or people who lives. get it, people who are just like, this, yeah. is, this is shit. Yeah, that's it. It's talking to someone where you can just say, isn't this awful? Like mm. losing your hair sucks. Because if you say it, you know, I'd say it to my friends or my family, like, oh, I hate being bald. They're like, no, but you look great. No, but you're... I don't want to hear that. No, I want no. you to just acknowledge that, that losing shit. your hair is shit. Exactly. And you just want someone to be like, yeah, it is shit. It is utterly shit. And this is unfair. And it sucks. And sometimes you just need those people that are going to get that or get the dark humor of it. Mm. You know, sometimes you want to be able to laugh about it or do something silly that some people, their toes curl a little bit. But when other people get it, they're like, ah, yeah. And that's what you need. You need that little pep from other people I think so another thing I obviously this is the train happy podcast and I know that movement like has been something you've been bringing back in your life yes and I wonder how that's been for you how it's been yeah getting to move your body I know you you have done events with the hags the have who we need to have on the podcast yes just, you really do I'm just because- um this is my call to M. Clarkson. We <laughs> want to talk to you about this on the podcast because I think it's a fab community of people that sign up to races and do stuff. And I know you've done it's, some of the races. Honestly, it's so good. I think getting back into exercise after cancer was really difficult because pre-cancer, I was strong. I was fit. I was, you know, if I did stuff with my friends and there were, you know, bags to carry, it was always like, oh, George can do that. She's the strong one. I was always fit and active and strong. And then I lost it all. I lost everything. I mean, I couldn't even walk to like the end of my road without help. Um, 
and finding the courage to start moving my body again was really difficult. And I found a lot of help in things like the Havagos. There's a charity called Trek Stock, which help you get moving again, like either during or after cancer. And it's taking the first step and knowing you can be really gentle with it. This isn't, you know, you've got to walk before you can run literally um, doing things like couch to 5K. Um, M Clarkson was a brilliant support of me doing that. And I remember once I completed my couch to 5K, she presented me with an actual glass trophy, Aww, a real trophy. And I'm so glad I absolutely love it. But it's such like doing these things are such achievements. Like whether you go out for a walk and you haven't done that in a while and you're a bit frightened for it, like that is awesome. You do your very first beginner's yoga class. Love that. And then when I started getting a little bit stronger and a bit more active, I started doing things with the have And the whole beauty of that is you can be a very beginner or a world-class athlete. You are welcome no matter what, what your activity levels are, but it's signing up to groups of activities that you've always really wanted to do, but you've either had no one to do it with, or you didn't think you were fit enough. And we did the Blenheim Triathlon, which was incredible. And if someone ever asked me if I was going to do a triathlon, I'd be like, "Mm -mm, no, like (laughs) see see next to it. Um, And it was brilliant. And we did it as a group and we all had our shirts on that said, I'm having a go. And when the, I mean, there are people doing triathlons that do like eight of them in a weekend and they're whizzing past and they're like, well done, keep going. And they cheer you on because they can see that you are Having, having a, a go. go and it's and it's been so well received i remember i wore the t-shirt um when i went rock climbing a little while ago and i'm new i was giving it a go and i was a little bit nervous but i went with some friends and i thought i'm just gonna i'm just gonna do it and i had my have a go t-shirt on and a guy came up to me and he said it's so cool seeing you wear that top and like and trying something new. He was like, obviously we'd had a little chat and I said that it was my first time. Um, Or he probably just saw my skills on the rocks and went, oh, there's a newbie. (laughs) Um, And he was like, this is awesome that you've got like a t-shirt on to say, I'm giving it a go. He was like, you're going to encourage someone else to try something new by seeing that. And I was like, that is the point of it. And Emma's created this community where you can just have a go. And I think that's so important when you're getting into exercise or back into exercise is finding movement that you enjoy and making sure you're doing it like in environments that feel comfortable to you. Because let's be honest, I mean, the weight section in a gym, that is for everyone, but it can be a bit intimidating. And if if you are a little worried, you're not going to just walk in there and start exercising. You want to try and find something that makes you feel good, even if it's like swimming or cycling, or you find a little a little beginner's run club or whatever it is. Go dancing. Oh, that would be a fun one. I love dancing. I love that. Like that is so, I actually said so annoyingly, I've, I've, I've hurt my knee. So the last few months I haven't been moving my body very much. And I was talking to a friend not long ago and I said, I really want to go to like dance classes. How much fun would that be to just go and that be your movement? I mean, what a happy form of exercise. I'm going to, I've plugged them before. I'm going to plug them again. My best friend, Abby, she has become a SOS dance teacher for the oh my SOS gosh, that's dance amazing. classes. So if you're in Wembley in London, Abby has classes. I think her Instagram handle is SOS Abby Dance or SOS Dance Abbey, one of those. Um, But there's loads of them all over London, but also all over the UK. That's so exciting because this is it. I just think I'm so much more of a, I just want to sign up to something and do a fun class type of gal. Which is so the vibe of those classes. Mm -hmm. They're so 
for like just feel good, you know, pretty yeah. easy routines. And you don't have They're to not be for a dancer, dancer dancers. Exactly. They're just for people to have a go. Exactly. Just turn up, shake your booty, feel good yeah. and go home with a smile on your face. Oh, like this. And you know what? Dance classes are always one of those things where everyone's clearly always terrified because mm-hmm. I said that I've done a million dance classes. I went to drama school and I was still terrified every dance class I ever did because I was so out of my comfort zone. But you kind of do it and then towards the end you get a little bit of confidence and you kind of build it up. And, you know, if you find the right class, the right instructor, it's such feel-good vibes. Isn't it should it? be such feel-good vibes that you feel a lot more, I don't know, you feel part of something. You feel part of that kind of group and that community exactly. and you're just having fun. And that's, I think it's, it's saying yes to if there's something that you want to do that's movement based and you're a little bit nervous, just say yes to it because we'll walk out of that class and be like, oh, well, that was brilliant. I did. Um, so I've uh, attempting to put on a few events with my community on Instagram. We've done a couple like a paint class and Love a beginner's that. ballroom um, lesson class with Katie Budenberg. Yes. Um, and it's called Life's for Living. And it's all about if there's something you want to do, say yes to it. We can do it as a group. And they said like a lot of people said they wanted to do something creative, like an art class. And then loads of people wanted to learn Latin ballroom. And I was like, yeah, me. Strictly dreams. Uh, honestly. And well, this is it. I'm adamant. At some point, I'll go on Strictly. I can't yes. dance. I'm also not fit which I think is a key part. <laughs> I always said, I'll, I'm, I'll be a Z-list celebrity if it means I can qualify for Strictly. Oh my God, done and done. I'll, yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm there. So we we put on an event and Katie taught us all how to ballroom dance. And I was hopeless. Honestly, I apparently don't know my left foot from my right foot. But all of us, we walked in and it was all very quiet. And we were all like, oh, hello, this is great. And by the end of it, we were all smiling and jumping around and hugging each other. And that's what I think dance or movement or classes, like all these things bring out of you. Yes, I love that. Well, that leads me to say then we have to um, finish up. But I want to ask you, like, what has been your most recent train happy moment? Ooh. And I know that's tough considering, obviously, you've just had a knee operation that's kind of... (laughs) sidelined you for a little bit I think um I think my biggest train happy moment would be doing the couch to 5k Mm. and and becoming what I feel like is a runner which Mm. is incredible I mean you're a runner if you go out for a run it doesn't matter how far it is but I never really ran before and to know that I'd accomplished that and enjoyed it like I go out for jogs now to clear my head and it feels good and I think that's what makes me super happy oh i love that and i always say you know if you go out for a walk and you run for 30 seconds of that walk that's you're a, run. a runner yeah exactly that's a hundred percent a run it's and like- then you just build up from there exactly this has been such a lovely conversation georgie i've so enjoyed talking to you i think love your perspective on life i love that despite everything you are here you're doing your thing you're helping other people it's just really admirable so thank you so much for coming in today thank you so much for having me where can people find you where can they support you where can they say yes to life oh my goodness um so say yes to life every day but you can find me on instagram my handle is georgie e swallow amazing oh this has been wonderful i feel so uplifted thank you thank you 
But that is it for this week's episode of the Train Happy Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you took something away from this episode. And if you did, please do let us know on social media. You can find us on Instagram at Train Happy Podcast. And we do want to hear from you. We want your questions. We want to hear your train happy moments. And we'd love to feature you as Train Happy Trooper of the Week. So remember, you can get in touch with us via our WhatsApp. It is 07599927537. And whatever podcast platform you're choosing to listen to us on, please rate and review. It really helps the show and it really helps spread the train a happy message. And that is it for this week. I'll be back with a brand new episode for you next Monday. See you then. Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at uh1.com. 